0: this is dr nick let's get on to macrolides and lincosamides. a little bit of stuff on protein synthesis won't hurt to help us understand the pharmacology of this class of drugs, the macrolides and lincosamides. Now, bacterial protein synthesis involves processes which is made possible by the ribosomal RNA, the rRNA, the messenger RNA, the mRNA, and the transfer RNA, the tRNA. Now to begin with, the double-stranded DNA must unwind, that is in a twisting motion, or untwisting this time around, in the region which codes for the specific protein to be made and only that one strand of the DNA serves as a template for what is known as transcription. RNA polymerase makes a copy of this segment, which now stands as what is called the messenger RNA. Once the strand of mRNA is complete, it detaches from that segment and in turn becomes attached to ribosomes. Now this is where it gets interesting. Bacterial ribosomes are made of two subunits, the small 30S and a bigger 50S ribosomal subunits. Together, they make up the 70S ribosomal unit. Now, the, the numbers don't add up, right? I know 30 plus 50 is not 70. <laughs> and if you want to know why, download the Podroom app and join the discussion. There you can ask me and I'll explain. But for now, we move on. So the ribosomal subunits attach to the mRNA strand like a zipper and, bre- and begin the sentences of the polypeptide chain along that same strand from one end to the other. Now, the amino acids needed for these sentences is bound to the transfer RNA, that's the tRNA. So, the tRNA plus the amino acids bind to the ribosome, which is already on the mRNA strand, like a zipper, and begins to work its way from one end of the strand to the other, making the polypeptide chain in the process until it hits its top codon which makes it stop and release the full polypeptide chain it has been making all along. Now, the 70S ribosome couples itself back after this process and awaits for that instruction. So it's it's easy really, okay, if you just simplify it into the following steps. One, bacterial DNA unwinds I mean, to begin the sentences, it unwinds to reveal a segment to be copied. Secondly, the RNA polymerase makes a copy of this segment that has been revealed and makes a copy, a complete mirror image of the segment, detaches this new copy, which now stands alone as the mRNA. Now, this mRNA attaches to 70S ribosome, which clasps the strands above and below with its two subunits, the 50S and the 30S. tRNA, which contains amino acids, is then bound to the ribosome and this moves along the mRNA strand to synthesize the polypeptide chain. Now, macrolides and lincosamides, this is, this is actually why we are discussing this, the macrolides and the lincosamides inhibit this particular ribosome and do not allow it to move. If it cannot move, polypeptides and hence protein synthesis stops, and bacteria cannot grow. Everything becomes static, and that is why they say these drugs are bacteriostatic. So now, drugs that affect ribosomes in protein synthesis either affect the 50S or the 30S subunits of the 70S ribosome. Don't worry, there's a mnemonic for that. So the mnemonic is that you buy at 30 and sell at 50. I mean, you want to make a gain whenever you buy something, right? So you buy at 30 and you sell at 50. So the mnemonic is actually the at, and the cell, and the 30 and the 50, so it's AT30, cell as per C-E-L-L, at 50. AT stands for aminoglycosides and tetracyclines, meaning that aminoglycosides and tetracyclines will inhibit protein synthesis by inhibiting the 30S ribosomal subunits. While the C-E-L-L at 50 stands for C for chloramphenicol, E for erythromycin. But actually, erythromycin is just a representative of the whole group, the macrolides. So the E is also for macrolides. So C for chloramphenicol, E for erythromycin, L for lincosamides, and L, the other L for linazolid. These all inhibit 50S-ribosomal subunits. So, AT30, aminoglycosides and tetracyclines, 30S-ribosomal subunits. CELL at 50, that's chloramphenicol, erythromycin, which stands for microlides, lincosamides, and linezolid. all inhibit 50S-ribosomal subunits. So, let's jump into macrolides now. So, the, the, the way this works is that you learn the the group properties or the group characteristics, the pharmacology of that class, and then just some individual differences, you know, between the drugs of that, you know, in that particular subunit. So, the macrolides are a class of antibiotics that contain the following drugs, erythromycin, claritromycin, uh, azithromycin, and there's one other particular one which is not so common, the erythromycin. Now, as you go from erythromycin to azithromycin, you go from like old to new, like in terms of when the drugs uh, uh, came out, and also their half-lives increases in that fashion. So erythromycin, you know, usually is um, about uh, four hours thereabouts, and so, azitromycin has about a half-life of 68 hours. So, um, because of this, the frequency of the dosing also reduces as you come from old to new. The mechanism of action, I mean, it now comes to you naturally that the mechanism of action will just be cell at 50, meaning the um, the... Uh, macrolides would inhibit the 50S ribosomal subunits along with other counterparts uh, as um, depicted in the mnemonic that I mentioned. So, the spectrum of activity would be that uh, they affect mostly everything gram positive, gram negative. Anaerobes, uh, upper airway, anaerobes in the upper airway, atypical bacteria like Legionella, Chlamydia, Myclo- Myclo- Mycopas- Myco- mycoplasma, sorry. So I mean, it goes without saying that you should uh, actually have some knowledge of the of some microbiology before, um, <laughs> if if you don't want to really just cram this. Uh, Mycobacterium avium complex, Campylobacter. Trep- treponema, pallidum, and all that. We won't go into what all this means uh, since we don't want to do some microbiology here. Now, food decreases absorption, especially for erythromycin. It is acid-stable for uh, gastric acid, stable for claritromycin and azithromycin, But for erythromycin, um, most of the time you may want to have an enteric-coated um um, capsules or tablets to you know help protect it from the acid um claritomycin is well absorbed irrespective of food so whether you just eat or not you can use your claritomycin and um yeah so that's that about absorption Uh, it is distributed to all body fluids and even placenta except the csf and is eliminated. they are all eliminated uh, through the hepatic pathway. Uh, it's only claritromycin, which is partially excreted by the renals. And that is why it's, uh, it's the only drug in this class which needs renal adjustment. What we mean by renal adjustment is that depending on the renal function of the patient, you may want to... Uh, adjust the dose according to the renal clearance uh, adjust the dose uh, usually downwards uh, so you don't affect the kidneys more or you don't uh, uh, cause uh, an increased concentration because the kidneys cannot excrete. So the erythromycin like I was saying earlier has a half-life of about um, 1.5 hours or to 2 hours claritromycin has a half-life of about 6 hours so usually you can give it twice daily you an, has a half-life of about 68 hours, meaning you can uh, dose it even once a day, which is usually what is done anyways. 80%, we're talking about antibiotic resistance now, 80% uh, resistance in this group uh, of course through active efflux mechanism in which there's an MEF gene that encodes for an efflux pump. So what just happens is that it actively pumps macrolite out of the cell away from the ribosome which it is supposed to inhibit. Another mechanism is one in which the a gene alters the binding site of the micro macrolide on the ribosome. And um, lastly there's this cross resistance that can happen uh, between all macrolides, even lincosamides. I think there's a syndrome like that, like macrolides, lincosamide syndrome or something something of that nature, I'm not so sure now. Um, talking about adverse uh, reactions, um, just take the first uh, one, two, three, four, five letters of uh, macrolides, which is macro, and you get uh, the adverse reactions. M starts for motility, A stands for arrhythmias, C stands for cholestatic hepatitis, uh, R stands for rash and O stands for eosinophilia if you start the spelling with an O. <laughs> so, M for uh, motility, uh, it, it actually increases gastric motility, and that's why you can use it in diabetic gastroparesis because the, the intestines are not really moving along as as you want. So, uh, you can use erythromycin because it, it acts as... as um, uh, an agonist to motilin, which helps to increase gastric motility and so that is part of why gastrointestinal side effects about 33 percent of cases are what you experience in patients using uh, macrolides, especially erythromycin because they, they can now have diarrhea they can have vomiting and all that you have an increased uh, gastrointestinal uh, motility Uh, Patients uh, who are already at risk for arrhythmias can have arrhythmias, talking about the A now, and they have prolonged QT interval. So if they're already on drugs that can even cause arrhythmias before, you want to be careful giving them um, um, erythromycin or macrolides generally because they can prolong the QT interval. Uh, They can cause cholestatic hepatitis, which will present as jaundice, nausea, and all that. rash. um, Antibiotic rash uh, is one of the very common complications. And uh, eosinophilia, they have um, this blood picture, which uh, would give eosinophilia. They can even have thrombophlebitis, especially for these drugs that has the IV. Claritromycin has the IV. Erythromycin has the IV. I don't think erythromycin has the IV. Uh, Drug interactions now. Um, These drugs inhibit the CYP3A4 enzyme. Now, what this enzyme does is actually to break down um, a lot of um, other drugs in the body. So, when you inhibit this enzyme too, it means that these other drugs cannot be broken down in the body and then it will increase the concentration of these drugs in the body hence it will increase the toxicity and how much they stay longer in the body and they you know they themselves will cause either uh, a prolonged effect uh, prolonged or heightened adverse reaction and you know you can name it so um, you don't want to give these drugs along with other drugs that work via this um, enzyme enzymatic breakdown that involves cyp3a4 enzyme okay so uh example of those drugs are like carbamazepine, theophylline warfarin and valproate so if if you if you if you have a patient that is on these drugs you want to be careful giving them um erythromycin claritromycin or azithromycin, especially warfarin because of the INR that can be uh, increased if you're given warfarin and then you now inhibit the breakdown of warfarin meaning warfarin cannot even be eliminated from the system so you have a heightened uh, response and INR and all that so uh, well that's um usually the things you would need to know about this class of drugs and some subt- subtle individual differences in uh the class of i mean the drugs in this class uh of antibiotics also uh, enough of macrolides. let's talk about a close relative in uh mechanism of action the lincosamides briefly uh this class uh has clindamycin and um lincomycin yeah they have lincomycin so they are they are active against uh, staff strep um, gram positive and gram negative anaerobes and even against bacteroides fragilis so uh, of course, what's the mechanism of action of uh You know this already, so just <laughs> just say it. So, of course, it's part of the cell at fifty, and you know, cell at fifty contains what class of drugs? Yeah, you can say it. Say it. Say it in your mind. So, it contains the uh, chloramphenicol, erythromycin for the macrolides, uh, lincosamides, and linazolid. All these inhibit 50S ribosomal subunits. So, of course uh lincosamides, uh clindamycin and lincomycin will inhibit 50s ribosoma subunits and hence inhibit protein synthesis, And the bacteria cannot grow because of this and becomes bacteriostatic. Uh, I forgot to mention that um if you give uh we said um um the macrolides are bacteriostatic, but if you give it at very high doses at a time, it, it can give um a bacteriocidal effect, meaning it can kill the bacteria. So um that is uh, the, the the um caveat, that's what you need to know about that. So these ones too are bacteriostatic. And uh, where can you use this? In anaerobic infections, osteomyelitis, arthritis, um, age-related toxoplasmosis, where they combine, in, combine it with um, pyrimethamine, um, age-related pneumocystic uh, pneumocystis carinae, uh, pneumonia, you know, and... Um, Yeah, these are the common uh, places where you use it. And um, adverse reactions can be in the form of severe diarrhea. In fact, it can have pseudomembranous enterocolitis, which is caused by uh, clostridium difficile now. um, If you give them a high intravenous dose, Uh, you could get um, neuromuscular blockade from this um, class of drugs. And of course, just like um, macrolides, they have neutropenia now, not eosinophilia. Uh, they have neutropenia. They have impaired liver function, hypersensitivity, and all. So the the most important things when talking about uh, this class of drugs that we just talked about, the macrolides, the lincosamides, is to pick out the subtle differences. Uh, you also pick out the the group characteristics and um, how they're eliminated. Uh, the drug interaction is very important. You also need to pick out. Um, the um half-life uh, which is also important and the common side effects and why they have those side effects so um essentially uh then you also need to pick out the mechanism of action very important it is always always tested and that's why there's a mnemonic. <laughs> that's why there's a mnemonic for that so um i hope this has been um a little bit um a little bit of stuff and um yeah so Uh, that's, uh, that's all, fellas. Uh, next we talk about, um, sulfonamides in the next episode. So this content is made for medical students or pharmacology enthusiasts and medical practitioners who want to refresh their memory within the shortest possible time. This is meant to be used in conjunction with detailed pharmacological notes, pharmacology notes, or texts uh not sufficient as a standalone well if you find it sufficient as a standalone then it means uh, i've actually done a very good job with this uh podcast episode but we're running out of time and um yeah see you in the sulfonamides episode bye for now if we rise passion we share love in the ocean but if you wanna go insane, way, baby, we could go we could do it all night. Uh-huh. We could go all night, all night. Do we heal? Do we bleed? I'm gonna follow you.